And I, I think uh, the one thing I want in my life is I just want to be a real person, but even more than that, I want to be a real Christian. And uh, we're talking about living an authentic Christian life, and we're going to look at a couple verses today. As we get started, here's the thought and, and really the thrust of these couple verses we're going to look at in chapter number one, and it is having an authentic obedience. Uh, I, I hear a lot of folks say, you know, I want to please the Lord. One way to please the Lord is like that little song that we sing, O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E, -E -E, and the song says, obedience really is the very best way to show that you believe, and we need to be obedient Christians, and when we hear God's Word, and what we need to do is we need to obey it. And so look at these couple verses here in James 1, look at verse number 22 as we, as we get started this morning. James 1, verse number 22, and I need to get there. All right, here we go, verse 22. The Bible says, but be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the Word... And not a doer. He's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. For whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Now look at verse 25 again. Everybody see that verse? Let's read that verse together, all right? Here we go. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now that's where we want to focus this morning as we think about an authentic obedience. See, in the Christian life, as James is writing here to those that, that again, and that to us this morning, this is the Word of God, he's talking about this fact that there is a, a bondage of uh, that of a willing prisoner of Jesus Christ. A lot of times people think, boy, I don't want to be a Christian because if I'm a Christian, then there are certain things that I cannot do then they don't understand the liberty that we have in Christ. Uh, folks, look, honestly, those things that I used to do, I don't do them anymore. And the reason I don't do them anymore is because I've been changed from the inside out. And we have liberty, and our liberty is in the Lord Jesus Christ. James, interesting, when he starts this small book, he actually refers to himself as a servant. The word there literally means a bond slave. James describes himself as one that is a willing slave of Jesus Christ. If you study the scriptures and you know this, the Bible says you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. So understand that we are not our own, uh, that, that the Lord is the one that has saved us. The Lord is the one that has redeemed us. And look, anything the Lord would ask me to do, I am more than willing to do whatever it is that He wants me to do. And that's the spirit and attitude of every Christian that's obedient is, is Lord, I'm willing to do whatever. Remember what Jesus said? Not my will, but thine be done. 
if Jesus was willing to do what his father wanted him to do, then certainly you and I should be willing. So when I think of the word servant, okay, I don't, bless you, I don't think of a bad connotation. Uh, you know, th this matter of being a bond slave, you know, a lot of times we think that's a negative thing. The truth is that we are in Christ. Our liberty is in the Lord, and James refers to himself that way. And as James does that, he does it in the context of our study. And here's our study is this matter of living an authentic Christian life. Look what G the Bible says in, in John 8, 31 there in your notes. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. Notice, these were people that believed he was the Son of God. And look what he said. If ye continue in my what? In my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Now notice again, he says, if you continue in my word. Now go back to James 1, look at verse 25 again. And here's what he says in verse 25. He says, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and look at the words, and continue therein. You know what he's saying? He says, those of you that continue to, to be in the word of God, to be in my word, he says, your life will be blessed as you spend time. You see, God gives us freedom as we continue in what the Bible calls the perfect, look at this, not my words, God's, the perfect law of liberty. That's what it calls the Word of God. See, as we study God's Word, we continue in it, we understand what Paul wrote to those in Corinth. Notice in verse 19 of chapter 6, what? Here it is. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. What is Paul saying to those those young Christians in the city of Corinth, here's what he's saying to them, is that the freedom that they have and the freedom that we have today, it comes as we yield in obedience to the Lord. See, the body of a believer that he's talking about there, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, the body of a believer belongs to the Lord. That's why and, and listen, I'm not down on folks, but I think that once a person's saved, I know, look, I know people do things to their body before they get saved. But once a person is saved, then we need to understand my body doesn't belong to me anymore. It's the Lord's. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we need to treat our body, our temple, uh, in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. And there are certain things that I believe the scriptures teach that a Christian should not do. And Paul was helping to understand, listen, that you and I are free because of what the Lord has done for us. What are we free from? We're free from the law and we're free from death. Think about that. For us that are saved, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? And understand that he, is, he has set us free from sin. Now, that doesn't mean that we're, we're never going to make a mistake. We're never going to sin. Certainly, all of us, as long as we're in this flesh, we are prone to wander. We're going to struggle in our lives as a Christian. But look what the Bible says in Galatians 5 and verse 1. Here's the instruction that he wrote to those in Galatia. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, 
And the Bible says, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. In other words, God sets you free from that life of being in bondage, enslaved to sin. And he says, don't get entangled. Don't go back to those places. Uh, you know, the, the songwriter, again, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. The things I used to say, I don't say those anymore. Listen, folks, we have been set free. And he says, then don't get yourself entangled in those things that you were involved in because now you have liberty, but your liberty is in Christ. Christ has made us free. And so look what it says in Romans 8. Love these two verses. There is, therefore... Now that we're saved, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not, here's the key, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. And so what Paul is writing to those even in Rome is, is he's just describing here, what you and I need to get a hold of, and that is that Jesus has purchased our freedom and it came at a very high cost to him because it cost our Savior his own precious blood. But Jesus chose to set us free. Now, if you understand, as you think about what we're talking about, that what we have, this liberty that we have, that it's in Christ, we're going to get in the lesson this morning in just a minute on what is our responsibility. Remember the title of our lesson? and authentic obedience. See, we're talking and focusing on what the Lord has done for us, how the Lord has set us free, and you and I, we are free. The reality is, is that we're free to do as He pleases. Did you catch how I said that? You know what the average person says? I'll do what I want to do. It's my life. I'll do whatever I want to do. Now, sad to say, a lot of Christians live that way. You know, I, if I'll decide it and I'll do it. But the, the reality is, again, he has set us free. So according to the word of God, we are free to do as he pleases. Are you with me this morning? You understand what the scriptures are saying? See, it's, it, we have to get a hold of this, that we have a higher motive that is, that in, than that is even found in life itself. And our motive is what the Lord has done for us. We do what we do for the Lord because of what the Lord has done for us. And aren't you glad for the grace of God? But I, this morning we're focusing on this matter of liberty, or as James writes, the perfect law of liberty. Uh, you know, a lot of people live that life of self. I was reading today or the other day about a... Uh, a very well-known, I won't mention his name, but a very well-known pastor and his wife who had a huge congregation. And uh, something recently happened with, uh, with a, some weather and it, it hit their area pretty hard and he did not uh, respond in kind. And a lot of people criticized uh, because he's a pastor, because it was a church, because it was in an area that was hit so hard. And because they felt like the church didn't respond, he took a lot of heat over that. And I wasn't even really looking for anything on this guy. I was actually doing some study and this popped up. And I read how this man and his wife are actually, according to the article, stepping out of the ministry 
and they're going to they're going to spend the rest of their life uh, actually heading up a corporation that makes some kind of a miracle cream. And that's what they're going that's what they're going to give their lives for, is this is this cream that. Now, they, it's nothing new to them. They've actually been, maybe more his wife, they've been dabbling in it a little bit. But I thought, how sad to go from helping people to, to really selling cream for a living. And there's a lot of people that are consumed with self. But listen, when we live that kind of self-life, what we are is we're imprisoning ourselves. We're enslaved by that self-rule and, but I love the fact that when we live for others, it's, we find that we are living like the Lord Jesus Christ. He, Christ has made us free from every last bit of that. Well, how did that freedom come? Well, Jesus said in John 8, 32, look at the words, and ye shall know the truth and the truth. See, that's what sets you free. I remember when the gospel, the truth, finally pierced my heart 34 years ago, and I trusted Christ as my Savior. And, you know, I have had times in my life where I've struggled, but that struggle hasn't been because of the Lord. It's been because of my old flesh. But the Bible says that the truth shall make you free. See, it's, it, when I realized the love that Jesus had for me, it was his love that won me to him. When I thought to myself, I can't believe that he died for me, that he gave his life for me, and so what I want to do, look, and I hope every one of you are the same way. We who are saved, we who have been set free, I hope you want to live in the perfect law of liberty. And that's what James says. That's why he talks about looking into, just like you would look, and, and as best I can tell, most of us probably looked into a mirror this morning. But when we look into the mirror, you know what happens? Look, I'm not talking about the mirror now, I'm talking about the reflection. When we look in and we see our own natural reflection, we see imperfections. But when we look into the perfect law of liberty, when we look into the mirror of God's word, then we see the Lord and we see the areas in our lives that maybe we need to work on, that we need God's help with. And that's why we need to continue in the word of God. See, the liberty that God has given to us teaches us to work hard and and love our spouse, and love our children, and love others. And when we discover what we have in Christ, folks, it's a wonderful thing. When you realize that all the Lord has done for us, and everything that we have because of Him. But here's, uh, look at verse 25 again. Here's what I want you to see this morning. Now, I just, I'll preface this again by saying this. There's a lot of ladies in this auditorium this morning. Can I tell you, ladies, even though he uses the masculine word, Many times in the Word of God, if you study it out, it's all-inclusive, okay? So don't think this is just for the guys. This is for everyone that's in this auditorium this morning. And I want you to look at verse 25 again. The Bible says, "For But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, I want you to see that those two words there, this man. Everybody see that? This man. And I want to just talk for a couple minutes about this man. Because, look, we've already talked about that man, right? Jesus and all the Lord's done for us, how he set us free. 
But listen, now it's going to focus as James turns it and says, look, there are some things that if you would stay in the Word of God, you would look into the perfect law of liberty, it'll help you. And James says, I want to describe what this man would be. All right, so look, here's, here's the thought this morning because we want to focus on this man. So the first thing I want you to see about this man is that this man is a constrained man. He is constrained. Now, that's a great Bible word there. I will tell you this, that not every man or woman is constrained. Not every man or woman is constrained. But listen, the man who continues in the perfect law of liberty is. Let me say that again. Not every man and woman is constrained. But the man or woman who continues in the word of God is constrained. Paul described it this way. Look what he wrote in 2 Corinthians 5. The love of Christ, what's the word? Constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, there's Jesus, then we're all dead and that he died for all. Now watch this. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves but unto him which died for them and rose again. So the word constraineth or the word constrain means to, to hold fast, to be confined. In other words, Paul here is talking about his love for Christ confined him. His love for Christ is what held him fast. Hey, don't you remember reading many times in the Word of God in the New Testament all the things that Paul went through in his life? I mean, I think sometimes... Uh, my, my trials and tribulations are, are like a smidgen compared to what Paul went through in his life. And I know some, even some here in the auditorium have gone through some very deep trials, but when I read about some of these people that were tested and tried in the Word of God, and Paul being one of them, and I, I realized that as Paul went through that, those shipwrecks and those beatings and being stoned, it was the love of Christ thinking about what the Lord has done for him that held Paul together, that got Paul through another day. You know, we face things. Well, you might face something tomorrow. You know what's going to get you through that day, get you through that trial? Just thinking about the love of God. Be constrained, be held together by what God has done for you. See, this man is constrained. Paul's testifying, and you know, if I could put it into words this morning, it's almost like Paul would have been saying, I'm free to walk out the door. I'm free to walk away, but I just don't have a desire to do that. You know, look, if it had been you and me, and we'd have been stoned like Paul was. If you read it, what did Paul do? Paul got up from that pile of rubble and Instead of going the opposite direction, he went right back into the town. I wouldn't have done that. I'd have gone the other direction as fast as I could. But it was the love that Paul had for the one that set him free that constrained him. He thought, there are people back in that town that still don't know Christ the way I know him. And he was constrained it, it, he, was, he was free, and you and I, we too, look, just like Paul, Paul had, a, as, as we're talking about this year, Paul had a choice. He could have walked away, but he didn't. 
you and I, we're free to choose. You chose to come to Sunday school this morning. You know, you can choose to live for the Lord. You can choose to continue in the Word of God every day. It's up to you. You're free to choose. You're free to do what you wish, but only as James says here, as we continue in the perfect law of liberty, only as we stay in God's Word, look, then we will understand the Lord, and then we will fully understand what the Lord's done for us. You see how important it is to stay in the Word of God, to look into that perfect law of liberty? Because the more time I spend in the Word of God, guess what? The more I know about God, the more I know about His love for me. And by the way, I, the more I discover His love for this world. I read books in the Bible like the book of Jonah. And I think to myself, it, that book wasn't about Jonah. It was about all those people in that wicked city that God wanted one man to go and take the gospel to them. You know, it's important that we understand, yes, we have liberty, but our liberty is in Christ. Why? Because he has set us free. So that when we go through whatever we go through, listen, folks, that love should constrain us. It'll hold us together. Just like in Paul's life, this, this love that we have and the love that God has for us, it will confine us. Christian people who continue in the perfect law of liberty are people who are constrained by the love of Christ. See, this man that James talks about, he is a person or she is a person that is constrained. Look at secondly, this man is obedient. This, this man is obedient. Now again, obedience is not simply doing what God wants us to do. Let me say that again. Uh, a lot of times people think that's the culmination of it. It's not just simply doing what God wants us to do. Understand that it is delighting in what God wants us to do. L watch this. Here's a good example. The offering plates are going to come by in the service. And all of us know as a Christian that the Bible says the tithe is the Lord's, right? Right? Amen. Yeah. So watch this. Okay, God, I'll give. Right? So, I mean, I see people kind of, you know, rolling over so they can get their wallet out, you know, or digging around in their purse. But then I'll see other people sitting there with a smile on their face, just putting their offering in. And the Bible says God loves a, what kind of giver? Cheerful. Cheerful. You know why that person's cheerful? Because they are delighting in doing what God wants us to do. See the difference? There's a big difference. You know, folks, you don't have a problem giving when you realize that God so loved that he gave, right? And see, the love of Christ constrains us to where this man who is constrained is also this man who is obedient. He doesn't have a problem Yesterday we had we, we we announced it and so on and and you know you you just never know what's going to happen but praise the Lord we had about right at forty folks show up to go out and 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 pass out the gospel and talk to people about the Lord and invite folks to our services we had a great turnout you know of course you know we're Baptists anytime you have food people are going to show up right but we did we had a great time but here's the thing is 
You know what we were doing as a church and as a staff? We were just encouraging people to do what God wants us to do. And the Bible says, you shall, go, you shall be witnesses unto me. God doesn't, he's not requesting, he's not suggesting, he's commanding us. And, and you know, now again, when I saw those folks come yesterday, <clears throat> I didn't see anybody walk out like some of these uh, people I see walking down the streets with the false gospel that they walk down the street, and here's what they look like when they're walking down the street. You know why? Because they're working their way somewhere. They're not happy about it. They have to do what they're doing, and guess what? They're not delighting in it. You know, now, my old flesh, a lot of times, uh, you know, I don't feel like going soul winning, but I'll tell you this, every time I go, I'm glad I went. I have a great time when I'm out there. Even when somebody kind of, you know, some, sometimes I get really grumpy people, really angry people, and I do the best I can to try to turn their frown upside down. I try to get them to smile. I try to get them to drop their, their, their defenses so that I can talk to them about the Lord. But here, look, folks, we have to understand that if we have, if we fully understand God's love for us, we will be, this man will be constrained, but he also will be obedient. Look back at verse number 22 of James 1. Look at the very first word here. He says, but, but, the little word but there. Now, here's what happens is it says in verse 21, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And notice the phrase here, deceiving your own selves. Now, again, when you look at this, people, I think a lot of times we give the devil way too much credit. You know, the devil made me do it. It's like, anybody remember the old Flip Wilson, uh, Geraldine, devil made me do it? A couple of you probably my age are a little older <laughs> And, and he would blame the devil for everything, and the devil gets a lot of credit. But the Bible says here, they deceive themselves. Look, you and I, we can deceive ourselves. And we deceive ourselves by giving the idea that we are spiritually uh, spiritual by, by simply hearing. Listen now, hearing but not doing. See, a lot of people... Uh, you, let, let me just kind of put the rubber where the road meets, okay? You come to the church. Why do you come? I hope you come because you want God to do something in your life. And I hope that when you hear whatever it is God wanted you to hear today, that you will then take whatever it is that God speaks to you about and go do it. But see, there's a lot of people that hear it and do nothing with it. Are you with me? You understand what James is saying here? He says, don't just be a hearer. There's a lot of people that hear, but they do nothing with it. And that's what he's describing here is, is people who do nothing with it. They do not obey. See, this man is one that is obedient. Some people think they're spiritual because they attend church, because they... They, they live a good life, they do good things, but in their hearts, here's what the problem is, they lack obedience to Christ. They don't do what the Lord wants them to do. And look, they, what are they doing? When we don't obey the Lord, guess what we're doing? According to James, we're deceiving ourselves. That's what he says. If you hear it, 
but you think you're too spiritual and you don't do it, he says you are deceiving yourself. You're living in self-deception. Our lives and what we do for the Lord should grow out of who we are and who we have become because we are reading God's Word, we're following God's Word, we're meditating on God's Word. In other words, it is helpful for us as we read the Word of God to understand, okay, this is what I should be doing. Now watch this, don't just hear what the Word of God has to say, but do it. You know, I am where I am today because of decisions that I've made, because I understood the liberty that I have in Christ, and as a result of His love for me, it's caused me to obey Him, and I find that whenever I obey Him, guess what? God is pleased with me. But when I don't do, God is not pleased with me. And we need to understand how very important it is that we don't deceive ourselves. Here's an example. If you want to be a good follower, excuse me, a good father, then be a good follower of Jesus Christ. If you want to be a good mother to your children, then be a good follower of Jesus Christ. Well, how did the disciples learn how to follow the Lord? Because he instructed them, he taught them, and then they went out and did it. Now, remember what they did, just like you and me. Many times the disciples went out, they made mistakes, and they came back, and then what Jesus did was he helped them with whatever they struggled with, and then they went out and did it again. That's what we need to do is we need to obey the Lord. Don't just be a hearer, but be a doer. A great Christian is a doer of God's word. It's just that simple. Look at verse 23. If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. See, he, he's telling us that we need to look into the spiritual mirror. The word of God is, is that mirror that shows us our hearts. It shows us some areas in our lives that maybe, maybe we need to focus on, and, and God's Word will show us what we need to do. I love Psalm 119, 105. Look at this verse. You should know it. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Sometimes people say, well, I just, I don't know what the Lord wants me to do. I don't know what I should do about this. Well, have you gone to the Word of God? Have you looked into the perfect law of liberty? Are you continuing in the Word of God? And so James is saying, look, we've got to understand, look at Jesus in Matthew 7, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Watch this now. Here's some counsel for us this morning. Jesus said, if you hear these sayings of mine and do them, I will liken him unto what kind of man? A wise man. And watch, here's the analogy. He built his house upon what? Upon a rock, right? A, a, a stable foundation. And the Bible says here, look, in our lives, did God ever promise the Christian life would be smooth sailing? No. Look at this analogy. Jesus says, here's a wise man. He built his house on a rock, his life on something solid. But guess what happened? The rains came. There's going to be some things that will happen in our lives. But look, if we built it on the right foundation, even when the rains came and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house, I love this, it fell not. Why? Because it was founded upon a rock. But then watch, he, he changes it and says, Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not. He's a hearer, but he's not a doer. Now watch what Jesus says about this person. 
he's likened unto a foolish man. He built his house upon the sand. He didn't build it on something solid. I mean, you ever been down to the beach and the, the ocean comes up where you're standing and all of a sudden it washes the sand right out from underneath of your feet? That's exactly what happens to a person's life when they don't build it on the right thing, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus told the disciples, and he was speaking to Peter, he says, look, upon this rock, I will build my church. Well, we are the church, and we need to understand that we are founded upon the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And he says, look, if you're a foolish person and you build your life on the sand, when those very same storms, the rains come and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house, notice instead of it standing, it fell and great was the fall of it. See, the difference in these two people that Jesus just described in Matthew 7, the difference wasn't the building and the difference wasn't the structure. The difference was obedience. Do you get that this morning? See, it's so important that we just that we not only hear, but that we do it, that we obey. And that's, that's what James is describing here. He says, this man is one that is constrained. This man is one that is obedient. Those that, that hear and obey, that is what we need to be instead of those that hear and don't obey. And there are, honestly, churches today filled with Christians who have stopped obeying the Lord. They've lost their interest in spiritual things. They've stopped obeying the Lord. And if we do what we're supposed to do, what is built into the law of God, the law of liberty, then God will allow us to do even more. We have to understand that as we do what God's instructed us to do. Sometimes people say, well, I just wish the Lord would let me do this. I wish to God. You remember the parable about the talents? He gave to one five, he gave to one two, and he gave to one one. You remember what the one that he gave five and they gave two? They took it and they traded it. And the one with five had five more. And what did he hear? Well done. The one with two found two more. And what did he hear? Well done. But it wasn't that way with the one with one who went and hit it, right? And he says, look, I want you not only to hear what I'm saying to you in my word, but I want you to do it. Why do you think Paul was a successful Christian? It wasn't because of his wealth of Bible knowledge. It was because he heard what God said to him in his word. He was constrained by the love of God, and he obeyed what God gave him from that perfect law of liberty. See, folks, we really are free. And I want you to see this man is constrained. This man is obedient. And I love the third part that James says here. This man is blessed. You know, I, I find that sometimes people think, and I, I'm glad to be a member of Bible Baptist Church, but you could be a member of a church. You could be a, a member of a, of a particular family. You could be a part of a nation that God is blessing. But you can, you can be in, in each one of those scenarios but you, you may not be a blessed person. I want to be a blessed person. And James says, this man that's blessed is one that continues therein. He's not just a professing Christian. He lives the Christian life and he does what the word of God says. He continues in this law of liberty. He's not a forgetful here. You know, some of us, especially as we get older, you know, we don't have Alzheimer's. We have some timers right? Yes. We, we pick and choose. 
And, and certain things we remember and other things we just forget about. And James says, look, don't be a forgetful hearer. Listen, and I love the way he puts it here. He's actually describing a person that listens with the intent to obey. And he doesn't just listen with the intent to obey, but when he hears it, guess what he does? He actually does obey it. He actually does what God says. And I love what the Bible says, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Let's not be Christians who just go through the motions. Let's do what God has asked us to do. And if we do, we will be a blessed person. The question this morning is, do you want God's blessing in your life? I haven't ever met a Christian that would say no. All of us want God's blessing. And we want God's blessing in our home. We want God's blessings on our children. I read a story uh, this past week about a man and the way they described this man, I never saw any figures, but they said he was a very, very wealthy man. They said this man could have afforded anything that he wanted. But it was interesting that with all of his wealth, that they found out that this man carried old bread in a glove box of his car. And they thought, how ridiculous that this man could have afforded anything but he's carrying around old bread that he just shoved into the glove box of his car. But many times in our Christian lives, we do the same thing. We're willing to live off of old bread. We don't, we don't want something fresh from heaven. I want something out of God's oven today, don't you? I want such, Look, I've got God's word and it never grows old, but I want God to give me something new today. Uh, I was looking back there <laughs> sometimes... We don't, it's not really a kitchen, it's whatever you want to call that back there in our fellowship hall back there. I'm glad we have it, it's better than nothing. But I was looking up there, Brother Tim, if you, you want to have some fun, there's two packages of, of hamburger buns back there, but they've been back there for probably a month. They've never been opened, and uh, they're probably green, you know. And, and I thought to myself, they're good for nothing. And look, they might have been fine uh, three, four weeks ago, and this week they'll probably end up in the dumpster, but understand that as God has given us his word, what you and I need to say today is, I want to be this man or this woman. God, I want something today for my life. Help me to fall in love with you again. Be constrained by your love for me. I'm thankful for the liberty that I have in you. And, and I just want to obey you. Lord, I don't want to just hear it. You know, sit there and say amen, but do nothing about it. God says, if you continue in my word, he says, you will be a blessed person. That's the way we need to be. I love how James describes this person. And so I hope your desire is to be an authentic Christian. And the way you can be authentic is to don't be just a hearer, but be a doer. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for the word of God, for the instruction from it. I thank you that it is a mirror that we can look into. Lord, I thank you that as we see it, Lord, help us to obey you, to do whatever it is that you ask us to do. Help us to continue in it. And we thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.